Online, a very welcome to Catholic View. I'm Sheila Pierce. Thank you so much for joining me this Tuesday evening. Coming up in today's broadcast, we'll be learning a little bit more about Caritas South Africa, and that will be done with Father Patrick Rakeketsi. But for now, do stay with me as I'm about to bring you up to date with just some of the stories that made headlines in the Catholic Church today. Hi, I'm Archbishop Peter Wells, Apostolic Nuncio. Thank you for listening to Radio Veritas, the good news for a change. In your headlines this Tuesday evening, Pope Francis celebrates 25th anniversary of Episcopal ordination. Kenyan bishops call for peace in general elections. And Congo's bishop decry violence and call for elections. Good evening once again, I'm Sheila Pirish. Pope Francis said a special Mass this June the 27th in the Pauline Chapel of the Apostolic Palace to celebrate the 25th anniversary of his ordination as an auxiliary bishop of Buenos Aires in 1992. In his homily, Pope Francis preached about the day's first reading, which contains the continuation of a dialogue between God and the now elderly Abraham. In this dialogue, we hear three imperatives, said Pope Francis, get up, look, and hope. Pope Francis went on to say that the older generation should not stop striving in their spiritual lives, but that God calls them to be spiritual grandparents to young people who can learn from their experiences. The Mass was attended by the Cardinals in Rome. While the average age of those present was around 75, Pope Francis remembered that they are not ancient people governing the Church. He remembered when God called Abraham in Genesis and spoke about three pieces of advice one needs to follow to complete their mission, no matter their age. Arise, look, and hope. Pope Francis said Abraham was nearing the age of retirement when God called him to continue walking forward. As such, the Pope encouraged the cardinals in attendance, saying they still have a mission and purpose in life. He ended his anniversary Mass by thanking the Cardinals for their fraternity. He also asked for forgiveness for his sins and for continued perseverance in faith, hope, and charity. This was the Pope's final morning Mass before the start of the usual summer break from morning activities. They will resume in September after he returns from his apostolic trip to Colombia. Kenya Catholic bishops have once again appealed to the country's political leaders and aspirants to conduct themselves peacefully and to ensure that whatever they do is in the interest of Kenyans and promotes peace and unity. For more information concerning Kenya's general election slated for August this year, I spoke to Mr. Anthony Mbandi, who is in charge of the Caritas Justice and Peace in Kenya. At the moment, we have two major parties fighting it out. We have the opposition party and we have the ruling party, which has been there for the last, say, four and a half years now. And uh, what has been happening in the last, uh, let's say, two and a half years or so, the opposition party has been building a case for saying the ruling party is not doing 
uh, what it was supposed to do, and also creating what we call a scenario for contesting all the issues that uh, the, 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 the ruling party has been uh, trying to put across. On the other hand, we have the ruling party, which is very bent on ensuring that uh, we do have uh, elections in uh, August this uh, year. We are very bent on maintaining the constitutional requirements. So now the church has been trying to balance the two because you see the opposition is arguing that we uh, don't care about the elections as long as they feel they are not free. When these other guys are saying that the constitution is paramount and the elections are to take place. So that antagonism is what the Catholic Church has been trying to tell them. Let's find a compromise. What would you determine as credible elections? And you, what would you, would you determine to change some of these constitutional deadlocks that would allow for the people to believe their perception of elections were correct? So this is the scenario we have. Now let's talk about the Catholic Church. How involved or how vocal is the Catholic Church concerning politics in Kenya? is very much involved uh, from the national level all the way down to the local level, I mean at the parish level. And the Catholic Church has only one clear message, that we have to have credible and peaceful elections. And the Catholic Church is also insisting that people have to look at um, leaders, not parties, because in Kenya our party system is not a principal system. We are we have to look at leaders, individual leaders, and ask yourself, will these people be a people servant, or are you electing uh, a chief? Uh, are you electing somebody who is a warmonger? Are you electing somebody who is going to bring this to the community? So the Catholic Church is asking people to study the leaders, study the issues that they are presenting, and then ask themselves, in clear concept, is this the right thing to do? And so the Church is trying to maintain credit at the same time to make sure that things are peaceful. And the fact of encouraging people to register and vote, the church has been very much involved. And that's why I say, like, since the, the mention campaign, the message has been, make sure you study your leaders, do your civic duty, and vote. Make sure you are peaceful. You do not have to fight people for you to have, uh, uh, for you to have elected leaders. Um, in terms of uh, influencing in one direction or the other, the church has been very categorical that... We do not want politics inside the church. We are afraid this. Ours is to be with the spiritual perspectives. So what they have, uh, uh, the bishops have instructed is that even in church, they do not allow any more politicians to come and make speeches during this election period. They have also said that they will not allow people to come to church wearing particular. Uh, party, party regalia. For example, on Sunday, you're not expected to go to church wearing the t-shirts of a particular party. So this is something that the church has made very clear that we are not going to allow the politics to come into the church, but we give people freedom to make their expressive opinions out there as long as they are not uh, infringing on each other's rights. So um, that's what the church has been doing. The Justice and Peace Commission is working also with the election observation uh, group, which is ELEC, which is made up of civil society, um, and they're trying to work to ensure that uh, there's credibility of uh, uh, the elections itself.
The bishops of the Democratic Republic of the Congo have called upon President Joseph Kabila to respect a December agreement with opposition leaders to hold elections in 2017. Lamenting mass violence in Kasai and bandits in the eastern part of the nation, the bishops said that politicians multiply initiatives to empty the content of the agreement, thus preventing the free, democratic and peaceful election. And that as bishop, they do not give away way to fear and fatalism and take the situation in their hands with peaceful methods. The bishops have also called on Catholics to fast and pray for the nation on June 30th. In other news, refugee chefs from countries such as Afghanistan, Eritrea and Somalia are showcasing their culinary skills in restaurants across 13 European cities this month. They are participating in the second edition of the Refugee Food Festival, a two-week event organized by the NGO Food Sweet Food in partnership with the UN Refugee Agency, UNHCR. DNPEN reports on the gastronomic kickoff held in the French city of Lyon. It's the first night of the Refugee Food Festival at Substrat, one of the most talked-about restaurants in Lyon, the culinary capital of France. But Chef Mohamed El-Khadi is taking it all in stride. After all, he has faced greater challenges. El-Khadi arrived in France after a harrowing flight from Syria, now in its seventh year of deadly conflict. After Syria, the best something happening for me, the Refugee Food Festival. They give me the, the chance to meet the people, to make network. We work at four hands with the big chefs between Syria and other Francis, a gastronomic, we make amazing food and I'm so happy and proud to work with them. Mohamed El Khadi was already a celebrity back home and he has been sharing his talents with the French. Since arriving in the country, he has catered several high-profile events such as a catwalk show by the designer label Kenzo and a reception at City Hall in the capital Paris attended by the mayor Anne Hidalgo. In Lyon, El Khadi has prepared a six-course meal that includes quail, duck hearts and baklava, a dessert made with syrup and chopped nuts. Ebe Vergon is a chef and owner of Substrat who designed the menu with him. I didn't know Syrian cooking at all, so it's been interesting creating a kind of fusion cuisine with a cuisine that is unknown territory to me. This is the second time Mohamed El Khadi is participating in the Refugee Food Festival. He was a star of the first edition held last year where he worked alongside French chef Stéphane Jego at the restaurant La Mijon in Paris. The Syrian chef believes cooking transcends borders and unites people. The food is the language, you know. When we work, we have the same language, this food. More than 80 restaurants are taking part in the Refugee Food Festival, which ends on the 30th of June. Besides Paris and Lyon, other participating cities include Brussels, Madrid, Athens, Amsterdam and Rome. And finally, we take a look at Pope Francis' schedule for the rest of the week. This week, the Vatican will prepare for two of its most important ceremonies. On Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Rome time, Pope Francis will create five new cardinals. They come from El Salvador, Spain, Sweden, Laos, and Mali. The next day, the new cardinals will be able to celebrate Mass with the Pope at one of the Catholic Church's most important celebrations in Rome, the Feast of Saints Peter and Paul.
In this ceremony, Pope Francis blesses and gives the palliums to the archbishops that were named in the last year. Apart from these events, Pope Francis will not miss his two public encounters with the pilgrims, Wednesday morning at the general audience and Sunday at the Angelus. Nor will he miss his daily homilies at his residence at Casa Santa Marta. Saturday, July 1st, begins his summer vacation, during which he will suspend all public hearings and meetings, except the Sunday Angelus. And that was a brief look at some of the stories that made headlines in the Catholic Church today. You're still listening to Catholic View, and I'm Sheila Pierce. Thank you so much for joining me this Tuesday evening. Coming up next is our feature program, and today we focus on Caritas South Africa. In 2016, the Catholic Bishops of Southern Africa, the SACBC, made a resolution to establish Caritas desks in all of the dioceses in the region. The SACBC invited Caritas Internationales, bishops, clergy, as well as representatives from the SACBC for a week-long workshop to establish Caritas SA. To find out more about the workshop resolutions, I spoke to the SACBC Associate Secretary General, Father Patrick Rakaketsi, who is also responsible for the establishment of Caritas in the region. The, the background to this is that the bishops took a resolution to establish Caritas in all the dioceses in the region for the coming three years. And so the basics was uh, the bishops themselves would meet a workshop which happened in 2016 in January. Also, they invited Caritas Internationalis. And after which they said, well, then we are okay. We may now start to train our own people. And they invited Caritas Internationalis. That's why they are here. What is the main purpose of having Caritas established in every diocese of the region? In, in 2014, uh, the bishops made their ad limina to, to the Holy Father, at which um, they uh, reflected upon uh, the, the charity as the basics of the reaching out uh, for evangelization within the whole church. And therefore, with that, uh, they saw it fit to establish Caritas, especially because uh, Pope Benedict uh, um, had written that uh, famous encyclical on love. He had also written a letter also on how the, this love can be established and the nature of love within the church. And they came back from uh, that ad limina with the purpose of saying to reach out uh, for a better evangelization, we will also need as an ordered uh, service of, of charity and love to establish caritas uh, within our church. Uh, these did not mean that they are not doing charity. Uh, in fact, what the bishops are saying is that all the projects of charity and outreach in the, all the dioceses should actually be uh, based on caritas. And that's the purpose of doing this. So what we are going to see from here is that the Caritas is going to be an umbrella uh, body uh, taking all the works which are happening in all our dioceses from uh, now on. It is going to be a tool of evangelization in all the dioceses. In other words, 
is going to go at the national level, is going to be established and coordinated at the diocesan level, will also be uh, with the same similar structure to reach out to all the parishes. And in fact, we are even reflecting here at this workshop that even the small Christian communities in their ecclesial small uh, circles will also have to uh, understand what Caritas is. Looking at the overall workshop, what were the highlights or what were the key notes that stood out? The, 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 the highlights uh, are numerous. Uh, the very first one will be the, uh, the overall enthusiasm and the willingness to collaborate um, as, as characters in every diocese. It's amazing how people recognize uh, the work of charity in the church that has to be coordinated and that they want to participate. And um, the, the other highlight will be um, the, the understanding that the bishops, uh, as the leaders of the church, have taken into, into consideration um, the overall um, resource, resources uh, among the people. Here, when we talk about characters, we are talking about the works of charity within the diocese, in the, in the, in the parishes, in the small Christian communities, people who are pouring their hearts out to make sure that, you know, in terms of, uh, for example, if you talk about HIV AIDS, people are concerned, they are already starting, um, you know, within their own establishments, um, reaching out. You know, you talk about orphanages, childhood families. These are already coordinated in many dioceses. If you talk about um, development, you know, social development within the parishes and the dioceses, these uh, many dioceses have this type of organizations. But they are saying this is time that we uh, we, we coordinate these and we brand all these as uh, characters in the way that uh, the Pope has been talking about. The other highlight is uh, they, 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 they would like to have characters as a national brand in the whole country, that we see characters being talked about even in, 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 in terms of media, social media, um, uh, you know, the, 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 the mainline media, so that um, it is well known what the church is doing, that the church is not only at the corner there, but the church is responding to the needs of, 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 the, of, of, of our people. And so these are the uh, few highlights that we can point out at this stage. And when will this be launched? That was a question that came out. Uh, are we going to need a, a, a big launch? That's a question that the bishops now have to deal with it and see how we can do it. We have, ta- we have given ourselves a roadmap with the intermediary target of one year. In 12 months, we have to be reaching that point where we are saying, uh, when can we have a, a, a launch? And so we are looking at, uh, at, 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 at the next 12 months. Uh, the other thing is, which uh, came out also uh, within the discussions and the, and, and the workshopping, that it, it, this year it is a 200 years of um, the, the church in Southern Africa having been established as a hierarchy. I think that your listeners would, would be aware of this. And so uh, we would like to see some way or another, some connections that we, after 200 years, when we celebrate the bicentenary, we have this new baby being born within our conference called Caritas. So that has to be the uh, topic that the bishops have to deal with it uh, from our, our, our workshop. So we, we, we will be looking at 2018 in some way, 
uh, where we can officially launch Caritas. But the major assignment is to start at the basic level, the small Christian community, the, the parish, and the diocese to coordinate all their works and, and, and activities of charity to put them under Caritas. And have you spotted the people that you're going to be working with, or are people welcome to come forward and offer their services? At the moment, in many dioceses, we do have already various offices, various um, uh, desks, and uh, you know, coordinated works, small works, and so on. But the major thing will be within the uh, pastoral structures. In other words, your pastoral parish council. Uh, instead of having one for, for social welfare, one for justice and peace, one for this, we have one representation uh, within the pastoral council, which, which is called Caritas, so that the Caritas gets into the main line running of every parish and every diocese. So in other words, Caritas is not simply about um, helping out in terms of health and in terms of maybe um, helping out with the services to the poor, but it's also in terms of helping with departments such as the Justice and Peace, um, refugees, am I correct? You are correct. Uh, way beyond just being at desks or, or the office or the moments and so on, it's actually the pastoral approach. It is the ordered work of charity. So that, um, you know, coming all the way from the Gospels, um, that's what Caritas is. We have to respond to our own evangelization through Caritas. So the bishops now have an assignment now to reorganize uh, and, uh, uh, and um, um, reorientate their own um, pastoral uh, programs in the line of charity so that you have your justice and peace, so that you have your early child learning, uh, so that you have your um, migrants and refugees, everybody understanding that we all fall under one, and it is the responsibility not only of the person in charge, but everyone in the parish. Well, Father Patrick, thank you so much for your time. Any last words? The last word is um, the characters is here. Um, and uh, let our people be open to this charity and uh, the new coordinating way uh, is being born and we are thankful to our bishops having allowed themselves to uh, re-look at our approach in in our pastoral area and uh, having now started the the characters. We are going to launch it. Time uh, um, is coming and watch this space. And I'd like to thank once again the SACBC Associate Secretary General, Father Patrick Rakiketi, who is also responsible for the establishment of Caritas in South Africa. Well, that brings me up to time. This has been your Tuesday's edition of Catholic View. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back again tomorrow evening at the same time. Should you wish to get in touch with me, feel free to send me an email, shayla at radioveritas.co.za. Remember that this program is produced and presented by Shayla Pirsch for Radio Veritas. Until then, God bless you and ciao, ciao. I'm Shayla Pirsch.